windshield time again. Third show this week. Feeling good about it. Dreary overcast day rolling into Nashville. I was just listening to the church of what's happening with Joey Coco Diaz and Whitney Cummings. Joey was talking about telling stories about his life. And it got me thinking about a, a story. It's been like being in the beer business and growing up in a town where everybody drank. I've had, I've been extremely lucky to have only been arrested once for anything alcohol related. I've only been arrested once, period. I ain't saying I've been smart. I'm saying I've been extremely fortunate because I've done a bunch of dumb shit. Being in the industry after so many years, I mean, it's just, it's a numbers game. And there's been about three, four times that I can remember being very close that if I would have ended up in jail, I would have been like, yeah, I had that coming. Because even when I did get arrested in Nashville, I, I had it coming. But it reminds me of this time when I was 16 in Arkansas. I had this Ford Ranger with badass rims on it. 16 or 17. I may have been 17. I had this buddy that was like two years younger than me. His name was Kyle. I won't mention his last name. We haven't talked in probably 10, 15, 20 years. But, he, I mean, dude, if we ran into each other today, we just, everything's cool. So Kyle was the kind of younger guy that hung out with me and my buddy Nate. Finally, I talked Kyle's parents into letting him go run around with us one Friday night. So we go out and get some beers, and Kyle and I are, you know, visiting a party or something. And then we're driving around town. I don't want to get him home so he's not late. Had a few beers. And uh, we're going through the town square of Ozark, and I run through a stop sign like I have done many times in my green and gold Ford Ranger with the nice wheels on it. And uh, I see the blue lights behind me. Pull over, and I look at Kyle. I'm like, yeah, man, this may not work out too well, so we may have to call your mom and dad to come and get you. And Kyle's face just turns white, just pale white. And he, uh, he's like, are you, are you shitting me? I'm like, no, dude. I, we've been drinking. When I roll down this window, it's probably going to smell like booze. So, of course, we roll down the windows so, you know, we get air out before the cop gets up there. Cop walks up, and it's a guy I remember. His name was Curtis Stacy. I always like somebody with two first names. And he goes, uh, license registration. Uh, ran through that stoplight back there pretty quick. You in a hurry? I'm like, nah, not in particular. We're just out running around Friday night. So he goes, all right. He goes, you got anything to drink? I'm like, nope, not tonight. And of course, he just reeked of booze. So he goes back to the car, and we're sitting there with the lights on, reflecting on the rearview mirror, and I'm like, yeah, man, this, um, I think it'll be all right, but I don't know. Fast forward about two, three minutes later, Curtis jumps out of his car, runs up to us, throws my registration and driver's license in the window and goes, uh, hey, man, uh, I got to go. Y'all, y'all have a night. Be careful and stop at all stoplights. And he just peels off, drives off, flips his lights on, and he's just hauling ass away from us. I look at Kyle, I'm like, whew, that's a close one. He's like, does that happen to you a lot? I'm like, first time ever, but that was still pretty close. He's like, all right, I, I probably need to get home. I'm like, all right. So I took him home. And growing up laying asphalt in Arkansas, I worked with all kinds of degenerates. I mean, I've realized later in life as an adult that no one's goal in life was to lay asphalt with me in Arkansas. 
in my small town. That's like if everything else didn't pan out for you and you broke down on interstate and you just decided to stay at that small town. That's how people ended up in my hometown. Or they had a distant relative they hadn't burned a bridge with that lived in my hometown. They ended up staying with them. So we had this dude, and I can't for the life of me remember what his name was, uh, I uh, that worked for us, had these spiderweb tattoos on his elbows, and just, I can't remember, it, just a, another degenerate, for a better sense of the word. But um, I remember talking to him, and uh, fast forward before this, talking to him, I... Uh, I ran into that cop like two weeks later and uh, I ran into that cop like two weeks later at, at a party that was getting busted of course in Arkansas and uh, I said hey man what uh, I said the other night you so had us so why did you have to leave so early he goes oh man we had this guy piss-faced drunk driving a go-kart down the middle of Main Street at 9 o'clock at night. And it took like seven of us, it was like seven of us cop cars following this drunk guy on a go-kart going 35 miles an hour down the middle of Main Street. I'm like, woo, dodged a bullet. Fast forward a couple weeks later, I'm standing out in front of the shop at 5.30 in the morning, spiderweb dude with the tattoos on his elbows comes rolling up and uh, comes rolling up with his... Uh, his, in the passenger seat of his girlfriend, wife's, baby's mama's car, whatever. God, I wish I could remember this dude's name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You know, he had that usual story, you know, from Mesa, Arizona. I laid brick and made $100,000 a year working on the pipeline, and then uh, I'm here laying asphalt for you, with you, for six eighty an hour. So he gets out of the car, and being this young, smart-ass punk that I was, I always, I always gave everybody shit. I mean, I grew up in an area where I've seen plenty of people get punched in the face. And fortunate for me, you know, it's just a rite of passage to get punched in the face for something you said or didn't say. But the, you had to understand that the people you're working around, everybody shit-talked each other and ribbed each other pretty hard. But then again, you had to know when to pump the brakes if, you, if somebody told you to shut your face. And I was pretty adept at that. Uh, I've only been punched in the face out of the blue once in my life, and it was at 3 a.m. asking somebody what time it was downtown Nashville. Um, so he gets out of the car, and it's first thing in the morning. I'm like, ah, what? You got to have your girl drive you to work because you can't, What? why can't you drive? Must be nice. And he goes, oh, man, I don't have a driver's license after my 6 DUI. I'm like, damn, your 6 DUI? He's like, yeah, man, but I made this one count. I got it on a go-kart a few weeks back driving through the middle of Ozark on, on a Friday night. And I was just like, ha-ha, uh, sorry about your luck, but I appreciate you helping this guy dodge a bullet. And it was just one of those deals that came full circle of how close I was to being in jail. I think that was the first time. The first time I've ever that, that I, I dodged a bullet. Uh, I may sprinkle in the other two or three times, which I'm not particularly proud of any of these. Just kind of weird shit that kind of came together, but... I never forget that one. The dude had these weird ass uh, like spiderweb tattoos on his elbows that I found out later through one of those clickbaity articles that was like the uh, Aryan Brotherhood or something with prison where they feel like they're trapped, and that's the spiderweb thing of being trapped. So that's about all I got. That's all I could think of with that uh, with that story. 
I'm trying to think of any of the other random guys I used to work with. There was this one dude that we worked with. I, I can't remember his name for the life of me either. But imagine like if you're at a, a rock concert and you're throwing up the devil horns. Your two middle fingers, your ring finger and your bird finger, uh, this dude was missing those on one of his hands. And it was amusing to me that this guy had had so many people ask about how his fingers got cut off or born without or whatever that I no less heard him tell 20 different stories about how it happened. And it just amused me that he got tired of just answering and saying the real story, which I'm sure it was something dumb or he was born without them or some shit. But it was once was uh, some of the, the ones were uh, using a, a saw and it kicked back and cut them off. I, had, I, I was running from a pit bull and jumped up and bit him off. To um, I was uh, loading an SKS rifle and it backfired and blew him off while I was loading it. Um, it was just some, oh, I, I just got really drunk one night and cut him off with a, uh, with a hatchet. And, uh, this is the same guy that, uh, he came to work once. Him and his buddies would get drunk and get bored. And I guess they, none of them could afford a tattoo gunner and there was, they didn't know anybody to give him a shitty tattoo. So they started branding each other with random objects around the house. And he came to work once with the head of a claw hammer uh branded into his shoulder blades they put got it really hot on a uh, stove and just branded himself on the shoulder blades it was the most bizarre thing i'd seen then again i thought everybody got to experience these type of people in their teenage years there's also remembering that uh a lot of times when we got to the shop at 5 a.m i would uh drive the crew truck i would be the one responsible for driving the crew truck to the job which is in essence like a, a club cab truck with two this truck we had was an international truck but it had like a bench seat in the front and a bench seat in the back and it had four doors on it and then it had a big utility bed that you could store like tools and fuel and shit like that shovels in the back so we get to the job site at you know five six a.m and uh it'd be like <laughs> it would be uh like all right who's driving and then you look around and me at 16, 17 years old would be the only person with a valid driver's license that had to drive this this truck full of uh, people out to the job site. Which the, the weird irony was half the people in that truck, their job was operating 60, 70, 100, $200,000 pieces of equipment for a living. So they couldn't drive a Ford Taurus legally, but they were good enough for we could take them out to a job site and be like, all right. Like, if you see most of the roads that you ever, 90% of the roads you've ever driven on, I'm not an expert about this, 99% of the roads you've ever driven on were paved by people that don't have a college degree. So wrap your head around that. That it's, that, that is, that is such a viable part of our, our infrastructure and livelihood. Yeah, they're designed by engineers and stuff, but the people actually doing the physical work of laying the asphalt, Pouring the concrete, 90% of the time, they don't have a college degree. They don't. It's usually people that just kind of like stuck around with a job and hop from job to job and it just paid them well and they stuck around. So if you look, go down interstate like I am now, the asphalt, the concrete divider, the bridges, most, most of every the structures, the signs, all that shit was installed, put up, hung straight, paved straight. Uh, compacted by a steamroller or gravel put down. All that was done by somebody that chance of pretty good doesn't have a college degree. So when you're thinking about you're saving your kids from from their summer jobs of 
doing manual labor or whatever. There, it's it's not it's there's a there's something wrong with that because there's so many good people that you meet that are extremely talented at what they do. They just most of them, good bit of them probably didn't even graduate high school, and I mean some very very talented people out there that do a phenomenal job every day that was never in their view to ever go to college. It's kind of interesting. So, oh here we are, TanyaWeeks.com just as it's spelled women's face women's faith based novelist. Yeah, you know where I heard about that? On the back windshield of a red Dodge Ram. Look up otanyaweeks.com. Shoot her a message. Say your old pal, Neil. You heard about her on the uh, Windshield Time podcast, and she should make an appearance sometime. That's all I got. We're heading up to Evansville this weekend for the holiday festivities. Should be a good time. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Windshield Time brought to you by I'm gonna start mentioning just ranting uh, uh, people that I see as they're my sponsors as I see them and they're in the trucks going out interstate this is uh, this podcast is brought to you by tanyaweeks.com you're a female biblical novelist visit tanyaweeks.com for uh, any of your uh, female uh, biblical novels you may need and uh, and by RC Cola RC Cola reminds you to drink responsibly uh about all I got. Y'all have a good weekend. Thanks for listening. Please, uh, if you like it, share with a friend on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at the Neil McCormick. Drop me a message. See some pictures of some meat I cooked or my kids doing something silly. It's about all I got. Y'all have a good weekend.